Well, would you look at that? Two weeks in a row. That's right, we are back again and on a roll here in the Art Wonderful Laboratory. Hopefully, brewing up another good episode for you. This one is short and sweet, where I explore a bit of the mental condition leading up to and after an art opening. What goes up must come down in four, three, two. Hello, art enthusiasts and art lovers. Welcome to episode 18 of Art Wonderful, the podcast where art is a religion. I'm your host, Nicholas Harper. I'm broadcasting from my art studio deep within the Rogue Buddha Gallery. That's here in the heart of the Northeast Arts District in wonderfully blustery Minneapolis, Minnesota, where today's high is a mild 22 degrees Fahrenheit. I want to thank you for joining me as we explore everything the arts has to offer. It's the mission of this podcast to spread the gospel of the arts, their essential value to our everyday lives, and to offer a deep dive exploration into this most mysterious of subjects. You can learn more about myself, the Rogue Buddha Gallery, this podcast, and those we have on the show by visiting us online at roguebuddha.com. That's R-O-G-U-E-B-U-D-D-H-A dot com. Click podcast from the menu. Speaking of brewing up new episodes, I thought I would make mention that while my goal here is to not leave you, the listener, or the potosphere hanging again, like that last little hiatus, but to produce a new episode each week, well, certain things may preclude that from happening from time to time. What things, you ask? Well, the fact that I'm 50% artist, for instance. That's right, well, I do have a business bone in me, I'm also an artist, and sometimes... Well, that artist part of me takes over, and instead of writing up and recording and editing an episode, it just wants to drink fake white Russians and watch episodes of M.A.S.H. for hours on end until the sun comes up. The day after such a great evening spent is usually a total wash where any real work comes in. Now, I know what you might be thinking. That's a horrible way to waste a day and a night, and, well, for some it might be, but for me... I get tons of inspiration from such deep dives into the classics, as I do when deep diving into the back alleys of YouTube and having a night alone with my bevy of choice. This, in fact, will be a subject for a future episode, as each artist has their very own way of finding inspiration, blowing off steam, and relaxing, or doing both at the same time. That said, I may not be releasing an episode every week. I'll try and stay as consistent as I can. I had a great run up through episode 16, but believe me, it was a workout on my end. One I love, but alas, from time to time, I may need to slack off and just get lost in the proverbial woods for a week or two. I hope you don't hold that against me. The best thing you can do to make sure you're on top of every episode is to subscribe to my podcast wherever you listen or to follow Art Wonderful on Instagram. Then you'll be sure to know every time a new episode is available. And I'll try and stay up to date with notices if I may in fact be skipping a week here or there.
Now, I know last week I told you that this week was going to be dedicated to my moms. Well, as it turns out, that episode is taking a lot longer than anticipated to put together. The fact is, I want to do it up right for her. She meant the world to me, and I wouldn't be who or where I am without her. And so I want her episode to be eh, just right, which is going to take some more time. I already know it won't be ready by next week, but perhaps the week after, or the week after that. In the meantime, I thought since I have you here now, I'd share a bit about where I am mentally after my exhibit that opened last week. I'll keep this episode short and sweet. And as far as next week's episode, I couldn't be more excited to be able to share a conversation with a favorite artist of mine, Eli Libson. It's been a while since I've had a conversation with an artist here in Art Wonderful, and I couldn't be more excited than the one we have for next week, so be sure to come back next Monday. So my mental state. Well, I'm sort of in a creative, emotional, and physical limbo at the moment. I'm in that post-exhibition blues sort of phase. That's the place I go after a big art opening, and I know many an artist that go there too. See, for months I've been preparing for the exhibit which opened last weekend at Gallery 360. In doing so, I guess you could say I kind of get into an obsessive mode where all I'm really doing is making art with all of my attention and my mind pretty much constantly focused on one little space of time, the night of the opening. The months prior to a show are spent painting, painting, and doing more painting. This particular show features nothing but moonlit and twilight-inspired landscapes, or what I refer to as nocturnes. So along with the painting, much of my time was spent getting lost outdoors in various state parks, hunting for those fleeting moments that spark my imagination and ignite those tingly feelies inside. Mm, Yep, I said feelies. So twice a week I could be found wandering for hours in various state parks as the sun set, usually getting lost in the dark of night. The travel time to and from these parks offered a great opportunity for further reflection, and as I try and avoid freeways as much as possible, rather opting for county roads, it isn't unlikely that I pull over one to a dozen times to capture various vistas with my camera as well. Exhausted, I return to the studio and begin the painting process, working well into the wee hours of the night. It's also during this time that I'm considering frames. I have quite an inventory of old and vintage frames that I've built up over the years. On rare occasions, I'll have a frame built, and for a show like this, I may use store-bought frames just for consistency. But a lot of time and consideration has to go into picking frames and sizes, as many of the vintage ones aren't standard sizes, and I have to make panels cut to their specific dimensions. I also have to consider what landscape would work best in what frame, and how each painting will complement each other in order to create a show that, while consists of individual and very specific vistas, it still has that feeling of wholeness and balance to it overall. As the show draws near, I typically begin to get more stressed as I put all the finishing touches on for the show. Uh, There can be a lot of busy work, including varnishing, framing, and wiring up each piece, not to mention naming and figuring out the prices of each painting. All of this can lead to a pre-game anxiety that is both a rush and thrill. Then it's time to open the doors and the opening takes place. 
Now, over the years, I've really come to appreciate having openings of my work at other galleries. If it's at my own gallery, well, that just adds double the work and double the stress, as I'm not just preparing an exhibit of paintings, but I'm cleaning windows, toilets, setting lights, and all the myriad other jazz that comes with opening a show. Perhaps I'll talk more about that in a future episode. Needless to say, if my work is on exhibit at another gallery, well, that frees up a lot of energy and time and allows me to focus more on just the work being presented. I especially like exhibiting at Gallery 360 in the winter. I've done so for about four solo shows now and a few smaller group shows, and I've sort of established a pre-game routine with this gallery. I stop, get a large dark roast coffee, and then set out on the long and slow route to the gallery, which is clear on the other side of town in South Minneapolis. Via freeway, it's about a 25-minute drive from my studio in Northeast. But I like to traverse through North Minneapolis where I can hook up on the Theater Worth Parkway. This is a meandering parkway that goes through woods and various forms of pristine nature. It eventually connects with a chain of lakes, which I then traverse before I again have to hop on city streets, which leads me to the gallery. This takes about 45 minutes to an hour. As the openings usually start around 6 p.m., I find myself driving as dusk settles over the frozen lakes. If I'm really lucky, it might be snowing or foggy, which adds to the magic of driving through tall pines and then next to the vastness of the frozen lakes for my pre-show ritual. It's a great time for me to calm my nerves, take my mind off of everything that's led up to this moment, and to just really appreciate the entire experience. It's a great time to reflect and remind myself how lucky I am to be an artist, and how grateful I am that there's an audience for what I do, and places like Gallery 360, and owners like Mary Beck that are willing to share my work with mine and their audiences. After 20 years in the arts, it can be easy to take this sort of thing for granted. Slow drives to the gallery and moments like this are sort of dedicated spaces for me to ensure that I don't do just that. So, by the time I arrive at the gallery, I'm usually in a fairly zoned out space and one of gratitude, regardless of how the show might perform. And so, after all the preparations and the chill pre-show drive, it's time to open the exhibit. The opening night of an exhibit comes with its own form of anxiety and adrenaline rush as you talk and mingle with numerous people. In a way, it's sort of like performing, or so I would guess. You have to be quote-unquote on, so to speak, answering questions, talking about your work, being both humble while still figuring out how to take compliments. There's also the dance between spending time with people you know and friends and with meeting new people. For many artists, this can be a time of great anxiety, especially if they're introverted and feel most comfortable in the lonesome and safe environment of their studio. For me, I dance a fine line between extrovert and introvert. If I had to be honest, I'm mostly an introvert, but have learned through necessity to be comfortable in the chaos of an opening. Now, usually an opening night goes by in the blink of an eye. Compared to everything that goes into an opening, the opening itself is over before you know it. And then, all of a sudden, well, it's over. Now, sometimes there's an after party or a dinner, and the night continues outside of the opening itself. But eventually the night will end. And in the words of the immortal prince, parties weren't meant to last. And neither were opening nights. (laughs) 
And so the next day dawns, and, well, I have absolutely nothing to do. My entire universe, which had been on autopilot and somewhat dictated to me by this impending exhibit, well, that all goes away, and I'm faced with 24 hours of no real commitments. I can only really describe this feeling as a void or vacuum. It's also usually accompanied by exhaustion, mental, physical, and for me, many times spiritual. Again, for me, there's no gradual come down from the high of the evening and the anxiety and pressures and stresses that built up over weeks and even months in preparing for an opening. The come down is sudden and well-defined. Now, if I'm exhibiting a body work at my own gallery, this come down is usually even harder as the work going into the opening is, like I said earlier, twice the load. The only difference being that I'm not necessarily burden-free the next day, as I usually will be open for gallery hours, have to clean up the gallery, and begin post-opening tasks like sending out thank yous, contacting potential buyers, and further promoting the show. The same is true if the opening of the Rogue Buddha was for another artist rather than myself. If exhibiting another artist or group show at the gallery, while the build-up personally isn't months long, the week or two prior to the opening is relatively the same. The anxiety is different but similar, in that now I'm stressed not so much for myself, but for the artist showing, and in hoping that they will be successful. But after a solo show of my work, it usually takes me a good month to pull out of this post-exhibit fog and get my head back in the creative game. Usually, the last thing I want to do is paint after a big opening. This, however, has been a little different since I started including landscapes into my artistic ovary, over, ovoir, <clears throat> into my artistic inventory. Now, after working nearly exclusively on landscapes for the past few months, I do have a rather big desire to again start tackling some more complex figurative pieces, but maybe not just quite yet. I think a week or two off will do my creative and artistic self just right. Oh hey, are you looking to treat your artistic self just right? Might I suggest you check out two new exhibitions on view in the gallery at one of my favorite places, Silverwood Park. Suspended Modulations by Nina Martine Robinson and Pete Dreesen, and Natural Instincts by MSS Creative, both opened last week on Thursday. I myself was looking forward to attending the opening, but alas, scheduling conflicts got in the way. I'm looking forward to hitting up the show this week, though. The exhibit is up through the 28th of February. I highly recommend that if you do visit the gallery, dress warm and plan on taking a stroll through the park, either before or after your gallery visit. They have a wonderful one-mile loop that meanders next to Silver Lake and then through some beautiful woods. If you're feeling a bit more daring, head out onto the ice for a truly one-of-a-kind view of the park from the middle of the lake. Now, they do recommend that you call before visiting the gallery, just to confirm open hours, etc. You can learn more about these exhibits and get all the details, such as location, hours, contact info, by visiting our good friends at mplsart.com. Along with this exhibit, mplsart.com is the most up-to-date and current resources for all things Minneapolis arts-related. They also have an essential directory of galleries, linked so you can visit all the awesomeness the city has to offer. That again is at our good friends, mplsart.com. 
And while you're online, be sure to check out NEMA.org, where you can peruse artwork from thousands of its members. There's a ton of art for you to enjoy and fall in love with, again, at NEMAA.org. And that is a wrap for this episode of Art Wonderful, Short and Sweet, coming to you from deep inside the Rogue Buddha Gallery. I want to thank you for joining me, and I hope you do so again and often. And please feel free to share this podcast with your art-loving friends all over the social media sphere. Until next time, remember, the best life is the creative life, and the best self is the artistic self. Cheers. I said feelies and social media sphere and all sorts of weird things. <laughs>